More of The Truth with Sherwin Hughes is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. this song I beg your pardon Carrie Carrie you're very offensive that's how much I feel for you baby alright let's talk to Bob you're on the new one on one seven the truth and Bob before you get into it I'd like to ask you a question Have you ever committed sure. a crime? Oh, damn, Bob, okay. Have you ever committed a crime? Well, you know, just one time I, well, two times I went to jail. Whoa! I got out to, You went to well, jail two to times? Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, one time when I was uh, in front of my high school getting a hot dog, and a white guy got in front of me, and he, you know, it was about 10 people in a line. And I said, why you do that? And he said, I'm hungry. And then I said, I'm going to ask you again, why you do that, man? And when he said it again, I hit him, and then he just went right to the telephone, called the police, and I got put in jail. And my friend, who was writing tickets got me out right away. Oh. And, uh, and, and the second time I was in college and he kept calling us Negroes and me and my friend told the teacher not to call us Negroes. We we're black. And then what year was this, Bob? Weren't we called Negroes in the late sixties? Like, wasn't that the term? Because we weren't African-Americans till like, 1980. So wasn't Negro the term? Well, well you know, uh, the Black Panthers, you know, they was around, and we were getting militant-like a little bit, you know. And, and you know, uh, I eased out of that militant-type mentality. And then uh, the guy said, hey, leave that teacher alone. And then when he got out of class, I took him in the watch We both took him in the washroom, and then I beat him up, and then I got went to jail then and got out, and you know, Bob. times, and I never. That's the only time I got in trouble. Let me get this straight: you beat up one of your college teachers? No, no, no. The guy, a, a, a white guy, said in the class, "Leave that." Teacher oh, alone. it was yeah. telling you to leave the teacher alone, so you beat up the white guy that told you to leave the teacher alone. Because the teacher kept saying Negro. After class. Yeah, ain't that, you know, I mean, Negro, so what? She said Negro. I'm, well, I was a little militant then, you know. 
when I when the Black Panthers, you know, was around. And, uh, can we get this over with, sir? <laughs> I got something to tell you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know the so wait, if you have I something to tell me, Bob, maybe you should tell me first. Uh, okay, okay. Now I can't hear you when I play. I, it's very hard to hear you, especially now. Uh, you know, when I started raising girls. I heard you talk about words today, and uh, the H word and the B word I had to eliminate out of my vocabulary. What's the H word? Although you you said it about your teeth the other day, and in front of Carrie, and then I said, "Oh my goodness!" I said that Sherwin is just so terrible. What is the H word, the Bob? H-word. I don't remember. How did I refer to my teeth? How did I refer to my teeth? Carrie remembers, and I, I, she was very quiet after that, and I can't blame her. You know, and I had to eliminate those two words. Your station has caused me to say words I haven't said in 30 or 40 years. What's the H no, word, man? The, you Here, know what Bob, just say it is. to me. Ain't nobody else going to hear it. Just shh. Just say it to me, no? H-O-E, man. You know that word. You don't say that word. You, you live, try to try. Try, Sherman. How do you pronounce that? <laughs> can, can we get on with this, man? I'm I'm nervous enough. You can't you <laughs> And you you should know this song. You should know this All song. Right, go sir. ahead, Bob. Play this hoe. Play that hoe. Play it. <laughs> Oh man, uh, oh this technology is so oh, okay. I got it. I got it. Yeah. I know.
All right, that's enough, bro. We're butchering this song. It's a beautiful song by the SOS band. We're just butchering a damn song. And it's a good song. If you still can, maybe if I sing, that'll improve the overall music performance. Tell me. All right, four one four two four nine said that's enough, Bob. All right, Bob. Okay, hell. All right. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank I'm you, tired. Bob. That was uh, right. if you still care. Tell me that you still care about the SOS band. Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's, that's it. That's it. I, 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 yeah, I, I had it. I just picked it up. I had about three songs. I said, okay. But listen, try to eliminate those words. Just try hard. I said it in high school. And then I got, I had to eliminate those two words when I was raising two daughters. I had to eliminate. But those and words don't to just refer to women. Men can be B's and H's, too. In fact, most B's and H's that I know are actually men. Well, that's a negative word. that It, it means, what does it mean, woman? And it's a negative word. And, and see, Carrie was talking to you so nicely uh, all of a sudden, when? when the hell was she talking to me you nicely? Were talking about your, when you were she, when you was talking about your teeth, and then you call your teeth that name, and then it was. <laughs> See that? that <laughs> I would talk to you later, Chairman. I would. <laughs> bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye, Bob. That's enough out of you. Turn my damn mic off by accident. All right, Ray says, the consequences of car thieving should be made far more strict than they are now. Example, minimum 10-year jail sentence for those who do get apprehended. Also, would it have been illegal if the police fired at the suspects obstructing justice in the instance you mentioned? If a police officer, you got to keep in mind, they have the same right to self-defense as we do. We seem to think the police can use their service weapons in circumstances in which regular average everyday citizens and cannot. No, no. If they believe that they or someone else's life is in danger, they can discharge their service weapons. Just like any of you, if you believe that your life or somebody else's life is in danger in your proximity, you can use your firearm to protect life, not property, but life. And if your vehicle is boxed in the squad car was boxed in by two stolen vehicles as the thieves were trying to re-steal a vehicle that the police were trying to recover. That to me sounds like, cause you don't know when you're that vulnerable and you're trapped in to where you can't open your car door to get out, to flee You're trapped. They have you boxed in. You don't know what the, cause think about how brazen of an act that is. It was depraved individuals. You see, there is no telling. What else those individuals, while they had that squad car boxed in, what they could have done, it would be reasonable. If I'm on a jury, which I'm not, I only got called to jury duty once, and I was 19 or 20 years old, and I was going to UW Oshkosh at the time, so it was not feasible for me to leave college to go down to jury duty. But I've never been called for jury duty. Why do you think that is? Depending upon what the case is, I might not be a good juror. Problem with me, 
and there are many, is my my opinions and my thoughts on race and culture, which are very vast, have been made very, very public. And so y'all know that it would be extremely difficult for me to be unbiased. Now, I can do it. Sherwin can be objective. I can look at the facts. I can look at the evidence. I can look at all of the things, exhibit A, exhibit B. I can look at the things. I can listen to the testimony. I can listen to the experts. I can talk to my fellow jurors. But at the end of the day, I've got some natural bias built into me, and I don't know if I'd be a good juror. Don't know. Or I could do some things to influence the jury selection process. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this publicly because they may use this against me one day. Hi, Sherwin. We're trying to determine if you have any social, racial, or cultural bias. And they'd ask me a series of questions, and I would know how to answer those questions to illustrate my bias if it was a case I didn't want to be involved in. But I don't think they tell you, do they? What kind of case it is. Can somebody who's been on the jury duty, I've got a lot of questions about that. When some of like a high, not, not a high profile case, but like a murder case, like a drug murder crime case, a big murdery, very drug case. Did you, were you made aware of the circumstances of the defendant and the prosecutor? Like, did you know what the person was charged with prior to you being selected in the jury process, or did you find out after you were selected? I'm curious. Okay, I'm going to take a break, come back. Dion, the non-voter, is on line one, so we're going to waste a little time in talking to him. And then, uh, LT, we can't do that. I can't even... You can't sexually assault somebody in jail as a part of the punishment. Like, that's not... Can't You got to be ethical. Like, you can't break laws, but you can just make the jail uncomfortable. You can serve apple crisp that's not very buttery. Because to me, that's torture. Mmm, apple crisp. Boy, that looks delicious. Let me get my fork. Let me get my napkin. Let me tuck my napkin in my shirt. Mm -mm. I love me some apple crisp. Zach, I don't even want to know what you're doing. And I get my fork. Mmm, this apple crisp. You drop the apple crisp. Are you talking about the scene from American Pie? You haven't seen American Pie? Jeez. So they serve me the apple crisp. It smells very appley, very cinnamony. And I get my fork. Okay. Bite into it. Get a little piece of the apple crisp on my fork. And I, oh, oh, it's not buttery enough. Where am I? Am I in hell? The truth with Sherwin Hughes will be right back. It's the truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. Dion, the non-voter, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. What's going on, Sherwin? How you doing this morning? I'm doing okay. We're trying to figure out how we can make jail more unpleasant. Uh-uh. No, I, I mean, you know what? I take, I really, I ain't going to say I take offense to that because I kind of find it hilarious because you got to understand, though, the difference between me, you, and anybody else 
that go to jail is the choices that we make. And it's everyday citizens that get they get um, engaged in the criminal justice system. You know, they can just say fences like you was talking last week about defending yourself. Now, we don't know, you know what I'm saying, what type of situation they might. Because I know a couple people, and I watch Dateline and all that other stuff, where people be in the right of defending themselves. Or it just be people that be innocent in the criminal justice system come uh, knock, uh, come get you. And you be locked up for years until they feel like you not guilty. I've just seen where a man spent 45 years in prison, innocent, innocent. And he, he died like a month after he got out. So when people be like, oh, we need to make tougher laws and what can we do to make prison and jail more harsh? Okay. It ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. That's all I can say. Cause you could, you could be, you could be out here doing something simple, call yourself, protecting yourself and doing this and wham, look at you. Now you in a jam and you want people to feel sorry for you. And I, I'm definitely not going to feel sorry for nobody. Cause I know what it's like to be up in prison. What was it you like? Then? Can okay. you describe it for us? Well, what was a bad was, day see, in prison? A, like a bad day. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. Sundays to keep it real with you. Why were Sundays I, I worse than Tuesdays? Because, because Sunday was the weekend and the weekend kind of was slow. But I didn't see, I don't know how it is when you go to Baskerville, Portage, Green Bay, none of those maximum. I was in a, uh, I was in a medium security prison. I was in Jackson and Stanley. And no, I was in Jackson. Then I went to Stanley, I mean, Chippewa. I got kicked out of Chippewa for fighting because that's for like a minimum, but it's not. And then I went to Stanley. And Stanley, like medium max because you got the toilets in. See, a lot of these prisons, you know, people be thinking, oh, this, this, this. I think. I know Stanley for sure got wet cells. That's with the toilet in the cell. But Jackson, Racine, I think, I don't know about Red Granite and New Lisbon, but Oshkosh, Kettle Moraine, and some of the other ones, they they pretty laid back, though. It's like, you know, because we live in Wisconsin, and I tell you, it's Wisconsin prisons are not controlled by the inmates. Wisconsin prisons are controlled by the COs. So the COs, you know, guys up in there be talking tough and all that shit. I was going to tell you, shut up and go lock in. You're going to lock in. But that's not what I call for. Though. I call by people, you know, you want to make prisons and jail more tough. I mean, they it's on the way. Believe that. It's on the way with the bail reform and all that. But what I'm saying is that average, everyday citizens can get caught up in the whirlwind of this where people are like, we want to end bail reform. We want to make tougher and harsher sentences for people. And then when an average, everyday, law-abiding citizen get caught up, now they want us to feel empathy for you. But then I can't feel no empathy for you because when it was somebody like me, who all I did was I got caught with two bags of crack. Two $20 bags, then get caught with a bunch of crack, then have a lot of crack, just $20 worth of crack, life over with. $20 worth of crack. Two bags. $20. A 10 and a I 10. Two, you had a 20 piece. Yes. I could, I could see you my, my full name, and you could see cat me, and you would see. You know what I'm saying? Two I bags of crack. Dion the non-voter. One bag, two bag, two bags of crack. Three bag, four bag, five bag crack. Okay. And that you got you how much bags. time? You well, see, what they did with me, I got sentenced when truth and sentence first kicked in. So basically, this, it, my time turned into 10 years. So it went like this. They gave me five years probation with a seven-year stay sentence. A seven-year stay sentence was broke down with seven, I mean, with four in, three out. 
So I did. I was locked up to I got census. I got census in 2000, May 2nd of 2000. Back then, when the truth of census first kicked in, they had a, 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 a drug offender program called Felony Drug Offender Alternative to Prison for people who never had a drug case. So that was a bunch of crap. So in 2004, me and the young lady I was dealing with at the time, we happened to get into it. Boom. There you go. Wham. So wait, Straight you were you weren't going to serve any time in confinement because your your sentence was suspended. So you were basically on probation, right? Yeah. And then you yeah. got in trouble with the young lady you was dealing with, and then that ended your suspended sentence, and you had to actually do the time. Mm-hmm. I went to prison when I was twenty six. Yeah, I was down there thirty when I went to prison. I was hot too. Ooh, you talking about somebody who was hot? I was hot because my initial plea was like 18 in, three out. Because, you know, under the federal mandatory guidelines, anybody get caught with drugs, you got to do a mandatory five years. But they will break it up. They call truth of sentence a bifurcated sentence. That means they give you some in, some out. So then when I got, uh, when I messed up on probation, I went to prison in 2004. I had to do the rest of that four years, which was two months. Two years, eight months, or like three days. So wait, had you survived your five years on probation, like no trouble whatsoever, wouldn't have broken any laws and not got arrested, you would have never gone to jail? Nope, I would have never went to prison. Damn. Do you ever still deal with that young lady? No, no. We, we, We dealt with each other when I first got back out of 2007. And then in 2010, I met the young lady that I'm with now. Yeah, and then I just got off paper in 2010. You know, I just got off because I got out of prison in 2007. I get into it with the young lady again. Boom, I had me. I was doing good. Had me an apartment on 28 the Capitol. Instead of revoking me because I was so short, they sent me to Milwaukee Security Detention Facility. I did six months up in there, and I got out October of 2009. Because I went back in April of 2009. Got out October of 2009. I had six months left on paper. They said, leave her alone, stay away from her. And I got off April of 2010. So I, you know, I definitely, I don't want no problem with the system. Because I've seen that how this case from 2000, when I was first convicted in 2000, spread over 10 years of my life. So a lot of people, you know, when they be talking about the criminal, see, they give you this, Oh, we have a war on drugs and this, that, and the other. But when you go to prison and talk to a lot of offenders, they are low-level drug dealers. You understand what I'm saying? Low-level. Like, you know, like, come on, man, I could have got a slap on the wrist. You know, they could have been like, hey, Mr. Southern, go do this. Because, you know, I've always been a thinker. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I said my last name on my hand. I've always been a thinker. But instead of just throwing me away, throwing me to the wolves, that's what they did. You know what I'm saying? So that's one reason why, you know, you be talking about I don't vote. I don't care about this system. I don't care about America because I see every day and voting ain't going to help. You understand what I'm saying? You, you can say, okay, it might be a patch. It might be a band-aid. But in all actuality, I don't know what it's going to take. It's going to take a lot more because, like, right now, somebody had brought something. You don't really hear about them talking about the opioid crisis. They use it as an addiction and a sickness and this, that, and other. It's not a war like it was a war on crack and a war on drugs. You understand what I'm saying? So it's more the baby European Americans, but when it was cracked, oh, they came down on us. You know, so it is what it is. But you know, and people feeling like they need to have tougher penalties and do this to the jail. Go ahead and do it. But when you up in there, don't be crying and talking about why y'all doing this to me and doing that because you was one of the perpetuators that felt like it should be. Well, sure, when it's nice coverage, to you, I got to go to the credit union so I can pay my mortgage, so I won't have to come live with you. Okay. Okay. Go, go pay it. Pay double. 
All right, thanks. All right, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> All right, bye. Okay, then. That was fascinating. The war on drugs disproportionately harmed the black community. Those that were pushing it, selling a very cheap cocaine derivative that was highly addictive, and we know what the aftermath of that was. Families were destroyed when people are addicted to drugs, okay? And then you have families being destroyed because a lot of men who could not find jobs in a de-industrialized metropolitan Milwaukee or Chicago or New York or L.A. found this drug that essentially sold itself because it was cheap and highly addictive and they got ensnared in the system too. This man tells us he gets caught with Two individually wrapped, I'm assuming, bags of crack cocaine, two $10 bags, and the that can be interpreted as intent to distribute. That's a whole nother set of laws being broken. That's different than I'm smoking this crack because I'm a crack addict and it's personal use. When you have individually wrapped bags packaged for sale, well, that's intent to deliver and they can really get you on that. But did you hear the quiet part he said out loud? That the same woman sent him to jail twice. Oh, I didn't know that. This man gets caught with two bags of crack. And I'm not trying to have this be, you know, a negative you know, referendum on you, Dion. But come on, dog. Come on, man. Do you know what kind of gift it is, especially in the late 90s and the early 2000s, to have a suspended sentence where you don't have to spend a moment in jail? Now, being on probation sucks. But being on probation is supposed to keep you good so you don't mess up. Got caught up with a woman. I wonder how many stories are there like that. Man commits a crime, right, gets a suspended sentence. We're not going to lock you up. We're not going to waste a whole bunch of money confining you and giving you burlap blankets and giving you unbuttered apple crisp. We're going to let you stay out and keep your job. You can stay with your family. You can still be a member of your community. You can try and improve your circumstances and your life. Now, you're still a felon, but we're not going to confine you. You get caught up with a woman. How many women have sent men to jail? Now, let me also put some responsibility on the men. Fellas, we got to learn how to walk away from these women folk. We got to learn how to walk away from them. You have to. It's not worth it. As a black man, there are two entities that exist in which we can never, I mean, under any circumstance, you hear me? Or the circumstances are so rare. But there are two entities in which we as African-American men can never, ever defend ourselves again. So if one of these two entities are assaulting us or are harming us, you can offer no defense because even in defending yourself, the penalties will be exceptionally harsh. The first is the police. You cannot defend yourself physically against the police. The best you can ever hope to do against the police is defend yourself in court. And to that, I say good luck. So you're a black man in America. Don't even try to physically defend yourself against the police. In fact, you have to just go limp. Don't resist. Don't fight. Don't run. Don't walk. Don't crawl. Don't jog. Don't even talk. Just get arrested. And you still might get shot. But do not resist because they'll kill you. Or they'll beat you up real good. The other entity in which we cannot defend ourselves is against women. A woman can be punching you in the face. 
punching you in the face with both of her fists, doing a double-fisted punch in the face. Punch, 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 punch. And if you happen to put your hands up to defend yourself from rapid-fire woman punches, and she's wearing rings, too. Rings that you bought her. Punch, 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 punch. And if you happen to make the tiniest marks on her face, something that can be identified by law enforcement when they arrive, you're going to jail with two black eyes because she's the one that hit you in the first place. You're trying to prevent your eyes from being blacker. And if you happen to just touch her a little bit, because you know what they do. You guys have seen it before. Punching this man in his face, kicking him, throwing stuff at him. Let him accidentally brush her as he's trying to get away. Oh, my God, you hit me. Punching this man in the face, and he's trying to get away, not even defend himself, because technically, if somebody punches you in the face, you're supposed to be able to punch him back. Fellas, you can't hit a woman. Even if she's punching, you can't do it. And women know that. And some women use it to their advantage. Well, I've seen it. I've seen women physically assault men. And the woman said, you better not touch me. And he doesn't because he'll go to jail, especially if he's on paper. I have seen that put black men in a box where they are controlled. So they get involved in the criminal justice system through whatever. Right. They get they got a record. They're on probation and their women can assault them and totally control their lives because all she has to do is make one phone call and his suspended sentence now becomes active. We got to talk about that. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on the new 101.7 FM. How many men are in jail because of a vindictive woman? Like, he's on paper. He cheats on her, which don't do that, fellas, because that's not a nice thing to do, obviously. But she gets her feelings hurt, and now she calls his PO or calls the police and fabricates a story. And if you're on paper, they don't care. They don't care if you didn't do it. They don't care if there's no evidence. You're going to jail. I wonder how many vindictive women have sent men to jail because of their hurt feelings. Fellas, leave them alone. Don't don't even try to get revenge on these women because you know what the biggest revenge is? Their loneliness. Just leave them alone. Just don't talk to them anymore. Ignore their phone calls. Don't talk to them. It eats them up. Just leave. Just walk away. Don't argue. Don't fight. She'll cuss you out, say all these things to say, you know what? I'm going to go. This is not working out. Don't you dare leave me. And then walk out with your dignity and your pride. She will suffer a fate that makes her think she's living in hell. Just ignore her. Let her wallow in that torture. Oh, the women are thinking about it right now. The worst thing you can do is ignore her or not acknowledge her bad, bratty, immature behavior. Just walk away. Be a man about you. No, don't hit her back. Don't get physical. Walk away with your pride and your dignity and give her zero attention. For them, that is like a prison sentence. And you heard it from me, Sherwin Hughes. And Sherwin Hughes will be right back. This is The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Well, it's a marvelous night for a moon dance with the stars up above in your eyes. A fantabulous night to make romance neat the cover of October skies. 
You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and Welcome back you know the Go ahead, Carrie Keep singing Carrie was just singing happy birthday you know I'm going to get you one day, girl. <sighs> All right. Don't let these women get you locked up. Why would you do that? Just don't, fellas, please don't. I know that's easier said than done. I know the relationships can be very complicated when you're in a situation. If you live with her, that's a mistake to either y'all get a place together or y'all live on your own. Get a place together where you are equally responsible for the maintenance and the upkeep, the mortgage and the bills. But I wouldn't necessarily recommend buying a house with a woman. Fellas, I'm talking to you. Women, you may listen. I wouldn't necessarily recommend buying a house with a woman or making a big financial investment in a place to live unless you're married. Also, get a prenup. Please just do it. It's like insurance. Of course, you're not going to get divorced. <laughs> of course, you're not. But in the event that you do, fellas, you should be protected because I got some information here that says statistically you're going to make more money than her. And if she becomes accustomed to a lifestyle that you are able to provide, because being a good man is providing protection and provision for a woman. But if she gets used to that protection and provision, especially if it's financial, she is entitled to keep living that way. So you owe her. I don't know, even some prenups might not be worth the paper they're printed on because I know of a number of cases where there was a prenup and a judge was like, nah, you still owe her. Either you live separately, and there's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't. I don't want people to think that it's it's required in a relationship for y'all to share a roof. I mean, if you guys are investing in something together that's different but don't like oh i want to live with you because i like you a lot and i want you around a lot there's something beneficial to having your own space because let's say you move in with a person and i've lived with women before um would i recommend it at first yes after a while not recommended and statistically, if you guys believe in statistics, I'm trying to get y'all to believe in statistics and numbers because they're they're actually very honest, even though we don't like what statistics and numbers tell us. They're actually very honest. Statistically, if you live with your significant other, you're not getting married. You're not. Because to some extent, you see what the hell you're getting. And then some people, and that's an informed decision, so maybe you should live with your significant other to see their habits, to see them do the things that they would do when they were living alone and now they're doing them in front of you. Maybe that's a person that you wouldn't necessarily want to spend your life with. So I would recommend it at first. Try living with them. Unless you get old like me. Then it's different. I could live with a woman now. Because I am the man for the most part. That I'm going to be right. I'm comfortable with the man that I am. I disclose who I am. I disclose my bad habits. And the thing about being the man that you're supposed to be like, that's it. Present yourself to that woman and it's 
take it or leave it. Take it or leave it. All right. I got a ton of text messages here. Fellas, don't let a woman put you in jail or discontrol your behavior. Like you don't have the benefit of acting. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble for this. Emotionally irrational. Even though men do act er emotionally irrational, there's a double standard. Let me tell you about it real quick before I read these text messages. And I got to take another break too. A woman who is... um, on her cycle or pre-menstrual can blame her hormones for her behavior. She can have a short fuse. She can be very argumentative and very mean-spirited. And we as men back off because if she say says she's PMSing, we're like, oh, man, okay, cool, get it. Fair enough, we'll leave you alone. It can be an excuse. Her hormones can be an excuse for her behavior and we as men, by the time we're, I don't know, 14 or 15, we accept it. There's nothing we can do about it. No, she has PMS. She disclosed that to us. This is why she's acting that way. Or they will warn us. Some women will say, oh, when I get near my cycle, I act a little differently. My behavior changes. Even my damn food cravings change. I'm a different person for a period of time. And we as men, we accept it. We also know it's temporary. So women get to use their biological functions and their hormones as an excuse for their behavior. But men don't get to say testosterone is a reason for some of our behaviors. You understand me? Where a woman can say that it's her hormones and her premenstrual syndrome that is making her act a certain way. But testosterone makes us a little aggressive. Testosterone makes us really, really horny. But if we as men dare to use the same excuse as women, we're the worst things on the planet. I think that's unfair. I bet if some women got away with murder because they were on PMS and they had some expert testify, yes, her hormone levels were a little bit out of whack and she actually was a little bit more sensitive to uh, what this man was doing and saying. And so she murdered him. It wasn't her fault because she was temporarily insane because of her hormones. Can men use that defense? Yeah, my testosterone levels are really, really high and I got a little bit aggressive and I punched somebody in the face. You're going to jail. You cannot use your hormones as an excuse for your behavior. But we allow women to do that. It's little subtle things. That women get to do that men don't. Now, it doesn't necessarily make up for the fact that women get paid less. And the story that I have here that I likely will get to in hour three is that there's a particular industry where we should be extremely concerned about women like making less money because it may it might. I'm not saying this is the reason, but it might impact the output of their work. Because there's a particular industry in which it's overwhelmingly dominated by women. And still to this day, white women, it is a white woman dominated industry and they, they make less money. Now, they don't make less money than each other, but they make less money than men who also work in that field. Keeping this in mind, men in this particular field, it's a really important profession, a really important. It's more than a job. It's more than a career. It is a vocation. Even though the men are the minority in this field, they still make more money. And we should be very concerned about this particular industry underpaying women because it's dominated by women. And the the output of their work in this industry literally determines the direction of American society. And I wonder if you guys know what this industry is. It's very important. 
We talk about it all the time. Reggie says, this is from 1059. Sorry, Reggie, I'm a little bit behind in reading my text messages. Oh, no, let me go back to Sonny B. <sighs> nope, 414-788, even before that. 414-788 says, Sherwin, y'all wouldn't want me to be in charge of these jails or prisons, they say. Okay, tell us more. I chain these fools up three at a time, two fat ninjas on the ends and a skinny ninja in the middle, and we would have the cleanest city in America. I'd work the hell out of these fools, and I think that you're substituting the N-word for the word ninja. Well, that's not very nice, 414788. That sounds inhumane. But I do like a clean city, though. So I guess whatever we can do to clean up some of these Milwaukee streets, that would be beneficial. Sonny B says... You clearly have never been to jail, Sherwin, because the blankets are terrible and they do have ridiculous apple crisp. Whoops. You ain't got to tell me twice. Enough reason for me to want to stay above the law. The truth with Sherwin Hughes on the new. Are we still new? 101.7 FM. We'll be right back. You are listening to The Truth with Sherwin Hughes on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app and 1017thetruth.com. Search to find the love within. I came back to let you know. Got a thing for you, and I can't let go. Gary, who that is on line one? I'm gonna answer. Hello. Hello. Hey there, now. How are you? This one 101.7. It is. Actually, no, it's Pizza Hut. Oh. Can I take your order? No. <laughs> is it Sherwin? Sure is. Oh, you sound different. Sound different Hi. how? I don't sound different. I sound the same. No. No, you sound different today. It's Sandra. Oh, it is. How you doing, Sandra? It's me. I am fine. How are you doing? Apparently, I'm not doing too well because I sound different, but that's okay. What's on your mind? Well, I was just just listening to you speak about um, the jails and spiteful women and stuff. You know what people should do, what guys should do in case uh, you know the woman called the police on them and all that good stuff. But basically, I just what I just wanted to say because I spoke to you before about my son in prison and about all the time he got. He's basically got life sentence. But like I say, they didn't call it that. They just said you do thirty for this crime because they piled up the crime. They got like 30 years for this and then 30 years for that. So that's how he ended up with 60 years. And so, um, and when you speak of crime, I get mad at people because, especially our black people, because we'd be the first one to say, lock them up, throw away the key. And a lot of times if you start researching all of this, you find out it's a, it's a construct. It's a construct made to keep these entities going. Because I think some of the guys can be helped besides Throw in jail, throw, throw away the key. They got maximum prison. My son's did to basketball. But there's nothing he really can do in prison. I think he just was kind of like in denial because he didn't really know he had that much time because when they sentenced him, uh, he was not there. I was there. And he didn't even know he had 
gotten that much time. Why wasn't he at his sentencing? uh, uh, He probably would have been. I think myself, on the honest note, I think he was, uh, you know, when you just ain't believing that this is happening and uh, you kind of act angry. Okay. But I think he was angry and just not, you know, uh, abiding with them. But I think a lot of it is you will be angry. If somebody told you eventually that you got 60 years in jail, I mean, that's life sentence. So you have nothing to look forward to. Sandra, was he found guilty or did he plead guilty? Did he have a lawyer and representation? Was there a trial and a jury? He didn't plead guilty. He had a lawyer. He uh, he, he took it to trial. But he had an old lawyer about 80 years old, uh, what they call these uh, court-appointed lawyers. Oh, sure. Public defender. about 80 years old. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I just didn't think by him being so old, I feel he was more in a Jim Crow session. But my point is, I want to say real fast, my point is you got a lot of the big shots. They got money. They do worse. And you got Taylor Island, what the, uh, uh, Tory call it, Petal Island. All of a sudden, Epstein dead. You know, a lot was going to come out about that. And you got certain pe- people taking pictures with Epstein. But we can't prove it because of them being big shots. But yet we can take our people. And we just say, oh, they did wrong. Throw them in jail. Throw them in jail. Okay, throw them in jail. And then we got people that make the laws. What is that, uh, uh, Alex and all that stuff? The American <laughs> Legislative Exchange Council. That's right. Yeah, they make all the laws. And, 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 and they got prisoners working for them on farmlands and stuff. And, and it's so wrong. I think we got to – it should be right. I don't think it used to be truth, not truth and sentence, but it used to be years ago you got out on good behavior. You got to prove yourself. Now they come in with three strikes, truth and sentence and all of this. And they said that takes uh, um, what the judge can sentence you to. That takes that out of his hands. And when the book says you got to do all these years, that's what you got to do. And then you got to come out on probation. My son is 56. So if he got 60 years, that's a life sentence. But, Sandra, and I got to go in a second because I have to take a break. But that probably wasn't his first offense because we make it seem like, oh, somebody gets caught, they do something bad, they go to jail, Mm -hmm. like their first offense, they go to jail forever. We give people a bunch of chances. There's a lot of deferred prosecution or state sentences, all sorts of things. But habitual offenders... Because they, we give them chances, they screw up. Then we give them another chance, they screw up. And we give them another chance. At some point, they run out of chances. So I'm assuming whatever it was he did, it wasn't his first offense, was it? better than a correctional institution to say you're correcting them. If you say you're correcting them, you're not correcting them. Had he been in and out of jail before, was this his first time being no, correct? Okay. No, not, he, he had one incident with his okay. girlfriend. Like you were speaking of girlfriend and boyfriend. Okay. And uh, he had one incident with her. And then after that, he... Uh, he, uh, they gave him a, uh, uh, they gave him a little easy thing. They let him out on prob- probation. And did the so same girl send him back to jail? Uh, no, no. Well, yeah, oh, she did because God. he went over to her house and he wasn't supposed to have touch, you know, contact with her. And then supposedly when he was ready to get out of jail, they said they, that they had found some DNA that him and some other girl had gotten into. Oh, and so that's how he ended up. He was getting ready to get out. But uh, like I said, he didn't talk to me. I'm a mother. I'm a, I'm a woman. <laughs> and, and my kids don't talk to me. They, they go away from me. But uh, I'm just saying I'm looking at other people, and they should get the higher, higher sentence, too. It, even worse, as far as I'm concerned with the stuff they did. Petal Island, 14-year-old girl, 13-year-old. We got to leave it there okay, on Petal Island because I got to take a break. Thank you. Okay, for then. <laughs> I think some of that stuff is conspiracy. The truth was sure when he was to be back for hour three.